Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness. It's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. All righty. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I am your host each and every Saturday morning. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. My name is Jared St. Clair, and we are in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm looking out over beautiful green trees and a gorgeous blue sky. It is an absolutely beautiful Saturday morning in early June. And behind me at the uh, uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena where the Utah Jazz play is construction and dust and noise and hopefully it doesn't uh, filter through the studio. But man, they are renovating this place. I don't know how much this renovation is costing. Millions. Patrick, do you know? $25 million? $125 million to renovate this place. Uh, and I guess with the ticket prices, you know, I guess that's good. That, that, <laughs> that works. I hope uh, they go with recliners this time. Really nice, comfortable leather recliners. Cut it down to about 8,000 seats, but really comfortable ones. Because really, now with the big screens they put in last year, if you had a great recliner, you could just kick back and watch the game. You didn't have to look down at the floor. It would be amazing. Anyway, well, I don't know what they're doing out there, but it's crazy. They're digging trenches and doing all kinds of stuff at this arena. Uh, and, uh, man, it's like a war zone trying to get in the place now. So, anyway, enough of that. Vitality Radio is about your health, your well-being, and you ultimately finding your optimum vitality. Uh, we are all about talking about alternatives. We're about talking about things that you may not hear in the mainstream media and exposing them things that are in the mainstream media that maybe they're not quite telling you the whole story about. And uh, anyway, that's that's basically what we do here. My name's Jared St. Clair. My store, Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful, is the sponsor of Vitality Radio. Uh, so excited to be here. Call us if you have questions on anything you hear on Vitality Radio. My name, uh, again, Jared St. Clair. You can ask for me, but I have a great staff if I'm not there. It's 801-292-6662. That's 801 801- 292-6662. And I actually will be at Vitality today um, after about noon for most of the day. So if you want to talk to me, give us, a, give us a call or come by 107 South 500 West. But because there are no other announcements, I guess it's time for the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smokescreens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, so this is not a topic I have uh, not touched on before. Uh, I definitely have mentioned it. And uh, I guess I'm going to have to keep mentioning it because this thing is escalating at an alarming rate. It's it's crazy. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm reading and seeing here that uh, you need to know about. It has to do with this 
so-called opioid epidemic. Now, if you're not familiar with opioids, opioids are those uh, prescription drugs that are narcotic-level drugs, uh, Oxycontin, um, Percocet, uh, Lortab, uh, Fentanyl. There's quite there's a lot of them out there, and uh, the statistics are pretty alarming. I'm going to get into those in just a minute, but the reason I decided to talk about this today is twofold. Uh, one, because we're going to be talking about the uh, some alternatives that we have uh, in the main topic of the show. So if you're on a prescription drug for pain, or if you know someone who is, if you're concerned about addiction, if you're concerned about overdose and things like that, there are alternatives that people are using with much success. And so we will talk about that. But the other reason that I wanted to mention this is because it's all over the news. Holy smokes. You know, I was, uh, I always, first thing I do when I'm preparing for the radio show on a weekly basis is I look for things that I ought to rant about. So I uh, go to my uh, old faithful NBC News health page where Maggie Fox writes all kinds of stuff. Um, I just happen to find that much of what they put on there is uh, very rantable. So I start there. I don't always finish there. Uh, but I start there. And today, um, there's a couple of things that I found on that page. Well, yesterday that I found on that page that I want to discuss. I'm going to read uh, the beginning of this first article that was written by Maggie Fox uh, that says, FDA asks drug company to pull its opioid Opana because of abuse. Now, I am fairly familiar with the drug game. I talk to a lot of people about their health on a regular basis, and so I hear about a lot of drugs. I don't use a lot of drugs myself, um, but I'd never even heard of Opana. Uh, but I want to read this, and, and uh, you think about your thoughts on this, and then I'll give you mine. For the first time ever, the Food and Drug Administration has told a drug company to pull a painkiller off the market because it has such a high potential for abuse. Now, I want to emphasize that first line, for the first time ever. This, you've seen them. If, you, if you've driven around Salt Lake City at all over the last, uh, I don't know, six, eight months or so, I don't know when they first started popping up, you've seen these opiate addiction uh, billboards. Uh, you've maybe seen commercials. You may have seen things on your uh, computer screen, uh, pop-up ads and things like that. I've seen them in all those places talking about this opioid abuse concern, and it's getting to the point where the FDA is finally taking note. They even have a quote-unquote plan. Today, uh, she says, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration requested that Indo Pharmaceuticals, let's see, Indo, make sure I read that right, yeah, Indo Pharmaceuticals, another company I'd never heard of, remove its opioid pain medication, reformulated Opana ER from the market. The FDA uh, released a statement uh, saying, After careful consideration, the agency is seeking removal based on its concern that the benefits of the drug may no longer outweigh its risks. This is the first time the agency has taken steps to remove a currently marketed opioid pain medication from sale due to public health consequences of abuse. The company, of course, is pushing back, saying the drug is safe and effective. It's not a gentle request, the FDA says if Indo doesn't voluntarily pull the drug from the market, it will withdraw approval. Interesting. Now, why they started with Opana, 
is um, there's actually some details about this that are kind of interesting. Um, but let's, in fact, let's get a little more into it, and then I'll and then I'll finish that thought. We are facing an opioid epidemic, a public health crisis, and we must take all necessary steps to s- reduce the scope of opioid misuse and abuse, according to Commissioner Scott Gottlieb uh, of the FDA. Now, I'm not generally going to agree with Gottlieb, but he's right there. Indo, which sold $158 million worth of Opana in 2015, had reformulated the pills in 2012 and sought to get them labeled as abuse deterrent. Uh, the FDA's decision is based on a review of all available post-marketing data, which demonstrates a significant shift in the route of abuse of Opana ER from nasal to injection following the product's reformulation. Injection abuse of reformulated Opana ER has been associated with a serious outbreak of HIV and hepatitis C, it added. Both viruses spread when people share needles. Now, we're, whoa, what just happened? We just went from uh, prescription drug um, to needles? Yeah, because that's kind of what happens with these opiates. And that's really the scary part. So let's go to some of, some of the statistics, okay? Um, right now, in America, well, okay, 2015. It's been ramping up year after year, so 2016 probably isn't better than these numbers. But in 2015, 55 people per day died of accidental overdose of opioids. That's not intentional suicide, okay? That's, those are uh, coroner reports where they believe it was an accidental overdose of opioids, 55 people per day. That's 20,101 people in a year. Now, when you take the total accidental drug overdoses in this country at 52,404, 52,404 total, that's 144 people per day. That means the opiates are almost 40% of that number. Well, yeah, uh, pretty close. And the number that really blew me away was the one that said that's the number one cause of death in this country to people under 50. Now, think about that for a minute. We're talking about more than car accidents, more than cancer, more than heart disease, which, of course, usually take people over the age of 50, but car accidents don't, right? That's crazy because this is this one is completely preventable. You know, I mean, I, I suppose if everybody drove 20 miles an hour, car accidents would also be pre- completely preventable, but we recognize that car accidents or accidents they're going to happen this is something that doesn't ever have to happen and it's killing more people than anything in people that are under 50 years old so let's listen to some of these other ones this these this is where we go from pills to needles okay in 2012 259 million prescriptions were written for opioids which is more than enough to give every american adult their own bottle of pills 259 million prescriptions were written, which is more than enough to give every American adult their own bottle of pills. That's a staggering number. Four in five new heroin users started out misusing prescription painkillers. Now listen to that. We don't oftentimes, I think, recognize that heroin and opioid drugs that are prescribed are the same thing. 
essentially. Only heroin's cheaper. So four out of five new heroin users started out by misusing prescription painkillers. I want you to remember that number. That's huge. 80% of new heroin users started off on a prescription given to them by their doctor. 94% of respondents in a 2014 survey of people in treatment for opioid addiction said they chose to use heroin because prescription opioids were far more expensive and harder to obtain. People often share their unused pain relievers, unaware of the dangers of non-medical opioid use. Most adolescents who misuse prescription pain relievers are given them for free by a friend or a relative. The prescribing rates of prescription opioids among adolescents and young adults nearly doubled from 94 to 2007. Now, I have a question about that. We are in the midst of an opioid epidemic. This is not something that just happened last week. This has been going on for a while. We've been talking about it. I've been talking about it on Vitality Radio for years. Why is it that from 94 to 2007, kids, teenagers, and young adults were, giving, were, were given twice as many opiates? Did we all of a sudden have a pain outbreak? Were kids getting more injured than they ever had before? Why are these things given so loosely? Even still, prescription pain reliever overdose deaths among young among women increased more than 400% from 1999 to 2010. Heroin overdose deaths among women have tripled in the last few years. Do you think that's coincidence? Okay, listen to that again. Pain reliever overdose death among women increased 400% and increased 300% uh, in the case of heroin. Those kind of tie in well together, don't they? So to me, it appears that the war on drugs is working great. Stop the dealers and the cartels and we win the war, right? Unless the dealer's your doctor and the cartel is big pharma. Oops. You know, the lawsuits, the lawsuits on this are going crazy. We've got state after state, county after county suing big pharma saying, hey, it's your fault, Big Pharma. You guys are the reason because you're mismarketing these drugs. You're saying that they are uh, safer than they really are, that they work better than they really do. And yet, we're in this epidemic and you're not really doing anything to stop it. So the question I have is, Who is responsible? You know, because we have this big pharma thing, which I talk about a lot, and I I tend to demonize might be a little strong, but I don't like those guys that much. Well, what about the government? What about the FDA? What about the DEA? So the FDA says, yeah, you guys got to need to pull Opana, which is a tiny little drug in this big pond of opiates. You need to pull that one off. It's not safe, which to me feels like a token move, but at least it's a move in the right direction. I mean, they're going after a drug company nobody's ever heard of and a drug that most people have never taken, right? But at least they're doing something. They also released something that was interesting saying there's now going to be a black box warning on benzodiazepines and on uh, opiates saying that you shouldn't prescribe you shouldn't use both of them at the same time. They're going to be telling doctors this 
And the funniest thing that I read, it came right out of the FDA, and I forgot to get you the exact quote, so I'll have to dig it up and um, maybe post it on my Facebook page or something, but is where they said, and we're going to put the black box warning on there for consumers so that they can help their doctor uh, realize that you know, you shouldn't be using both of these together because now we're finding that benzos, which are also extremely addictive, like like crazy addictive, um, we're finding that people are combining the two. They're doing benzos and they're doing opiates, which their doctors prescribe both. And 60% of benzo overdose deaths are from people who are also using opiates. And 30%, I believe it was, of opiate deaths are from people who are also using benzos. So now the government is saying, well, let's not prescribe those anymore together. That obviously doesn't work. Um, I don't know. Too little, too late, maybe. They're comparing this to the tobacco thing where big tobacco got sued and eventually had to pay in perpetuity um, for ads saying that their product kills you, which... Which is crazy um, when you think of it. But, well, tobacco smoking is way down in this country. Uh, So who knows? Maybe we'll get there with this. It's just that I feel somehow that the DEA and the FDA are not as sincere as they would have you think. Does that surprise anyone? Because the DEA just a couple of months ago said... That, uh, yeah, we need to make uh, CBD a Schedule One drug. We need to put it right there with heroin. Now, I've talked about CBD quite a bit on Vitality Radio. We're going to talk about it a lot today because I've got Stuart Tompka back on, who is my, well, he's, he's kind of my favorite interview because he's crazy, uh, crazy smart, and a little crazy, <laughs> but he's awesome. His information is going to stagger you today. Great, great stuff. But remember, the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Agency, the purveyors of this magical war on drugs that never goes away but costs us billions of dollars every year, said we should get rid of CBD because, um, well, we, sh- uh, we we should just get rid of CBD. They didn't have any good reason for it. Oh, yeah, it comes from hemp. Oh, that's right. We all know hemp is evil. So, yeah, we need to get rid of CBD, and that's good. And opiates and benzos and then them leading to heroin. You know, well, hey, people need pain relief, right? But CBD might be the biggest answer to all of this. Because guess what? People love about CBD. It can help with pain and inflammation. And it does. And it helps with the same reason that people use benzos. Anxiety. In fact, the one thing that everybody tells me about CBD is how great they feel when they were dealing with anxiety. Oh, but you know what the problem is? CBD is not a drug. Dang it. Well, there are drug companies trying to make it a drug, but it's it's natural. It's safe. That sucks. We don't want safe and natural. That's no good for anybody. And you know what else is? It's affordable. <laughs> that stinks too. Oh, and there's not a patent on it. Darn it. <clears throat> Why would we want that on the market? Why would we want something safe and affordable that's not patented, which means there's always going to be good competition on it, right? And, and why would we – we certainly don't want something that's non-addictive. 
Because that's ridiculous. Why would you want any of those things when you could have an opiate or a benzo? That's my rant for today. Stuart Tomp's going to be back on again. He's been on four or five times. He is awesome. If you've heard him before, you'll love hearing him again. I'm going to cut to a quick break. We're going to talk about CBD and the newest science on CBD and what it does. And I, this is stuff I haven't even heard. Stuart's all excited. He sent me a text message. I got new science. You got to hear it. He's going to be on in just a minute. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, on Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with. Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns, naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662, that's 801-292-6662, or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com, that's info at vitalityradiopod.com. All righty, welcome back to Vitality Radio. Ah, I'm a little fired up today, my name's Jared St. Clair, and... Uh, yeah, this is going to be a good conversation. I can't wait. But before we get to Stuart, we are going to remind you that Vitality Radio is brought to you every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. by Vitality Nutrition in Bountiful, celebrating our 40th anniversary in about a month and a half. Is that crazy? I can't even believe that. But yeah, that's what's happening. And we are celebrating it in style. I'll be bringing you more information about that as the uh, event uh, marches closer. It's a beautiful, amazing, stunning day in Salt Lake City, Utah. It is absolutely perfect out there. You get out there in your yard. If you like to garden, God bless you. It's not my thing, but it's good, and you should do it. Uh, if you like to get out on the boat, if you I, whatever you want to do, man, today is the day to do it. It's absolutely beautiful. Spend some time with your kids, grandkids, and, of course, do all of that right after Vitality Radio. Okay, Stuart, are you with us? I am, and congratulations on 40 years That's not too really bad. speaking truth to power and, and being an agent of change, because our time those of us that have been fighting for health freedom that's what this is all about it looks like our day has finally arrived well it feels like we're getting there doesn't it feels like we're getting steps closer every day um i can't believe all the stuff that uh, you see on social media now that is you was never even talked about in public people are almost ashamed that they felt that way but now it's uh, it's kind of cool to be on the alternative end so 
Very, very cool stuff. So, Stuart, for, to remind uh, those who have heard you before and to inform those who have never heard you before, uh, you are, Stuart Tomp, you are uh, an old friend of mine. We've been talking for years and years about all kinds of things health-related. But uh, your title uh, with CV Sciences. Yeah, I'm currently the Vice President of Human Nutrition for the largest hemp-derived CBD company probably in the world. And I've spent 30 years in the natural product industry. I worked in a health food store when I was a teenager, had a head full of hair running the juice bar. I then went and built North American Herb and Spice, the great oregano, P73, the cure is in the cupboard with Dr. Cass Ingram. And then from there, I helped to build Nordic Naturals for nearly nine years. I was our director of education and the spokesperson for industry leader Nordic Naturals. And for the last three years, I've headed up uh, the CV Sciences Consumer Product Division, and uh, I've watched this pendulum swing. I was just as excited as you were when I saw the headline yesterday, FDA wants opioid painkiller pulled off of market. I, don't, I could tell in your voice, too, what a, what a bit of vindication mm-hmm. for those of us that have been fighting, not against, but for the opposite opportunity to explore the data. And now I think the data is pretty clear. Opioids are very effective when you're in a hospital and you're dying or you need surgery. That's where they live. That's where they should be. And I'm glad that we're finally admitting that all these drugs that we've been prescribing for pain and anxiety, stress and depression, that there are underlying issues that we can correct, we believe more naturally and potentially reduce the burden of number of people that need those powerful drugs. People only need those drugs at the end when all else has failed. I'm so glad we're finally coming to our senses. Well, absolutely. And, you know, one of my dearest friends in the world is a hospice worker. And as a hospice worker, you see the end all the time. That's who you're working with, is people who have six months or less to live. I mean, that's the definition of hospice, basically. And she's told me, you know, morphine is such a beautiful thing for these people when they're in such horrible pain and they're going to die. Let's let them die comfortably, which makes all kinds of sense to me. But this thing where adolescents... Uh, and, well, let's just say people under 50, because I'm 45 almost, for Pete's sake, so 50 years old isn't too far away. This is the number one killer for people under 50 in this country now. Prescription opiates, the number one killer. That's not something that's trivial by any stretch of the imagination, and yet the numbers continue to climb in terms of opioid uh, prescribing and so the doctors don't seem to be getting the picture. It's kind of the same thing as I've been complaining about for years on Vitality Radio when it comes to antibiotics. You know, we say, well, we're creating all these superbugs, and yet people go in and say, hey, doc, I need an antibiotic. And doc says, okay. Now, not all doctors do that. I get that. But many do. And there was another article. I don't know if you saw it, Stuart, in, uh, uh, in the news this last week, and it kind of got it, was, it wasn't front page news like this opiate one uh, is, but uh, it talked about a uh, woman who worked for a company, uh, Big Pharma, uh, and she was lying. And she knew she was lying. She was trained to lie to doctors about how and why uh, she should prescribe, they should prescribe the specific drug. 
and she now is on a uh, a journey basically of saying, "Hey, I'm sorry, I screwed up, and and what I did killed people, and what my company that I worked for did killed people." This is a big deal. This war on drugs, you know, we're facing it at Mexico. But I often think that we ought to be facing it at us because I think what's happening in this country that's leading people that are being prescribed opiates, four out of five new heroin users started out on Percocet or Loratab or Oxycontin or something in that family, and now they're on heroin this this isn't okay. So what you said, I, I think, is perfect. They belong in hospitals. They belong in end-of-life care. They belong in maybe limited, limited use outside of those arenas. And otherwise, they ought not to be there. If we did the same thing with antibiotics and benzodiazepines and opioids where they're controlled and used in a controlled setting, I think we would be much better off as a society. One of the new discoveries that I was so eager to share with your audience before we get into some of the conditions on the ground with CBD was, I'm sure you've heard this over the years, have you heard how this opioid use can actually cause a tremendous amount of dysfunction with microglia, the main form of active immune defense in the central nervous system? Have you heard how taking these opioids on a regular basis can actually cause problems with microglial activity. Have you read about this or heard about this? I, I have not. That's news to me. So this new theory, Frontiers in Neurology, uh, says microglia cells as a link between cannabinoids, check this out, and the immune hypothesis of psychiatric disorders. So check this out. What if all of this inflammation, the silent inflammation we've been talking about for 25 years that's been leading to all of our premature death in this country has finally affected our central nervous system. Check this out. CBD directly decreases microglial activation and attenuates stress-induced neuroinflammatory states. Check this out, Jared. What if depression is a microglial disease? So we are seeing now the sum total of the unresolvable idiopathic inflammation that we've talked about for 25 years is coming home to roost in our mental health. Yeah. Think about surprise, this. We've surprise. talked about this for years. And is, is Valium the answer? No. Is Prozac the answer? No. What you need is you need to tampen down and dampen down the CB2 receptor, cannabinoid 2 receptor that CBD speaks to, to help downregulate the amount of inflammation that we believe is driving a tremendous amount of synaptic and neuronal damage. The inflammation that's causing you to have heart disease is causing you to lose your mind, and CBD has shown up at the perfect time. Oh, absolutely. And I tell you, you know, I, I, I never had doubt when I first found out, and it was from you, uh, that CBD was even available on the market, um, I, I didn't know much about it. I'd heard bits and pieces, and I didn't have doubt that it would have an application um, and that there was something to it because, be, you know, there, there was enough research there to know that there was something to it. My questions at the time were, how big of an application? How many people is this really going to apply to where they'll actually be able to take this stuff and notice a significant difference? And what's blowing my mind right now 
is how almost everybody that tries it that I talk to, and of course this is very anecdotal, I don't have a, a research study with my client base, but these people just keep coming back over and over again saying, this stuff is changing my life. This stuff is truly making life better on in, in dramatic ways, whether it be pain, anxiety, depression, insomnia, uh, any other neurological issues. One of my favorite, favorite things, and I was so happy to hear it, my father, uh, for those of you who don't know, passed away with Parkinson's disease. And the interesting thing about this that I cannot um, – fully wrap my head around, but I think I'm starting to understand, is that my fight with him, with Parkinson's disease, uh, which is clearly a stronger fight for him than it ever was for me, but as I tried to help him, as I tried to find supplements that would do something for him, as I tried to find therapies that would do something for him, and we struck out so often, far more than we, than we hit any home runs, it was extremely frustrating. And so as that uh, is as I lived through that with him for the 10 years that he dealt with that, particularly the last couple of years that were pretty bleak and saw what it did to him and what it did to my mother. And, you know, so my march has kind of been that thing. It happens to, to most people that see somebody die. You know, the person whose mother died of breast cancer runs in the breast cancer run every year, that type of thing. Right. So I don't see very many people with Parkinson's, but I had a gentleman come in with Parkinson's and uh, early uh, just recently diagnosed, uh, doing pretty well, not on any Parkinson's meds, thank goodness, because those are so scary. Um, and you know what? This gentleman said, I really think this is helping me a lot. After just one bottle, I really think this is helping me a lot. I'm so excited about it. And that just warmed my heart because these people have such little hope sometimes. And to have something natural that's not controlled, that doesn't cost a billion dollars, that works and doesn't addict or create mental crashes, the drugs that they put my dad on made him crazy, literally crazy. He ended up in the psychiatric ward. He was nuts. I sat there with him and held his hand and watched him be out of his mind. And it's awful. So to have something that has this kind of potential power and application is just, it's such a blessing. And to, to have the DEA and the FDA up in arms because, well, it came from hemp is garbage. Anyway, well, rant let's, over. Cut, let's cut through that. If you're listening Please. to what Jared just said, and you are a critical thinker, and I'm sure you are if you're listening to this show, please look up on your own, make a note, United States patent on cannabinoids as antioxidants and neuroprotectants. If you type into a search engine, United States patent on CBD, patent number 6,630,507B1, issued October 7, 2003, it says, quote, the cannabinoids, we're talking about CBD and the other cannabinoids, are found to have limiting neurological damage after ischemic insults such as stroke and trauma, or in the treatment, that's a word Jared and I are not allowed to use, of neurodegenerative diseases, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and HIV dementia. Now listen closely. This next sentence is very important. non 
psychoactive cannabinoids, meaning they don't get you high, such as CBD, are particularly advantageous to use because they avoid toxicity that is encountered with psychoactive cannabinoids. What are they saying? CBD, not THC for Parkinson's. CBD, not THC for Alzheimer's. CBD, not THC for HIV dementia. CBD as an antioxidant and a neuroprotectant. CBD to reverse ischemic insults such as stroke and or trauma or brain damage. So this is no longer because of the interweb. Anything that anybody can hide because the government holds the patent on using CBD for Parkinson's. And I'd like to add to that, Jared, all of our customers, anyone that shops in your store or buys our product, if they want to, they can grow their hemp at home. And I'm a big advocate of that because more and more people that take control of their health, grow their own medicine, collect their own water, raise their own food, make their own milk, we are the solution. That is the solution. That's the way we will survive going forward, not being more dependent on more dangerous food and more dangerous drugs. There's no way for them to control the movement anymore, Jared. It is our time to take control of our own health. If you're worried about your own mental health right now, CBD may be very critical because it helps to to elevate, it doesn't sedate. I read a paper yesterday, knowing you were going to want to talk about some of these new things. Listen to this. CBD is far more effective than benzodiazepines because it works on the serotonin receptor. Did you know that Valium and benzodiazepines are super GABA? Did you know that mechanism, Jared? Right. Yes, I did know that. Super, 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 super GABA. Well, guess what? CBD compared to benzodiazepines in clinical studies, in basic science as well, shows that it's infinitely more effective. It is non-addictive and non-habit forming. Did you know, Jared, that recently the National Institute on Drug Abuse said this, listen, CBD appears to be safe with no addictive effects, and the preliminary data suggest it may have therapeutic value for a number of medical conditions. They said that in 2015. I need to, to have our audience be clear on one thing. The only reason they want to shut down CBD like what we at CV Sciences are bringing to the market is not because it's dangerous and not because of anything other than it's a threat to their monopoly. Jared, I've learned since I spoke to you last that the big pharma company selling CBD as a drug when they get it approved they're going to charge $24,000 a bottle wholesale for it. Yeah, that's not, I'm not a surprise okay with at that. all. I'm not okay with 35000 nope. retail for something you can buy from us for a few hundred bucks. No wonder they want to try to come after us. Well, I will remind everybody, if you went into a pharmacy, not a health food store, they didn't exist in 1906. Did you know that Eli Lilly, Wyeth Park Davis, Sharp and Dome, all the drug companies were selling hemp extracts in 1906. You were aware of that, right, Jared? Yeah, thanks to Most you. Most <laughs> of our audience doesn't know. Listen to this. You'd walk into a pharmacy in 1906. They'd been giving you morphine, and you became a junkie. And you didn't know what to do because you couldn't have a bowel movement, and you didn't have a life. They would prescribe and recommend cannabis sativa. If you were on belladonna, laudanum, 
if, if you would run out of the, the, the dangerous pharmaceutical drugs were giving you a headache, you use the safe, natural, holistic, plant-based alternative. That's what it was like in 1906. It's the same thing today. Yeah, it's it really it I get emotional about it, you know, because it's such a beautiful thing that we actually have this and it's so frustrating because what you what you didn't say, but I know it's what you're thinking. And so I'm going to say it is they don't they don't want to make it illegal because it's dangerous. They want to make it illegal because it's safe. <laughs> I know. And so I've a fully recovered conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Before I took this job, I have to admit, I've had a full-on relapse at the level that is, uh, I mean, it's almost embarrassing, because, well, the reality is that we all knew it, and sometimes the truth is really painful to accept. Yeah. Medicine is a business. Healthcare is a business. A Wellness, one. that's our responsibility, personal responsibility, and health freedom is a huge part of that. So last time I was on here, I said, they're going to have to come and get me kicking and screaming the DEA or the FDA put me in prison, have a, kill me, have like a canoeing accident. I'm serious. There's nothing they can do to stop it, even if they came after me or our company. Since I was on last, sales have exploded nationwide. We're selling hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bottles of life-saving, natural, safe, hemp-derived CBD. And we are knocking out suffering, pain, anxiety. If you can't sleep, if your brain is on fire, if you can't concentrate, if you don't feel right in your own skin, get some Hump Plus CBD oil, get it immediately, and then you're going to find out why they're not going to be able to shut this thing down, Jared. Even if they tried, nobody can stop it now. Well, you know, DEA, of course, did try, right? I mean, that's why you came on last time. And they had to uh, backpedal real fast because uh, Congress themselves stepped in and said, whoa, not so fast, which is interesting. I, I, the politics of this are crazy, of course, and there's there things flying every direction and money flying every direction. But something interesting that I think is important. Uh, there's two things I want to make sure we tackle before I let you go today. Uh, because I want people to recognize that this is still being threatened, although I agree with you, it's not going to be stopped. But it's not going to be stopped because informed people like us are going to make sure it doesn't happen, right? And so I want to make sure people are clear. In North Dakota, uh, I, I, I was in Portland at a at a, uh, a little event for the, the, the industry. Um, I'm on the board of directors of a natural products association that fights for this kind of stuff. Uh, in fact, one of the big topics we had was we want to make sure we keep on top of all the CBD and uh, the CBD bills that are uh, and research and all this stuff that's happening in the states that we represent to make sure that we can be a force for good and making sure that this is you know remains legal and accessible and inexpensive and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, North Dakota, I sent you a text message. In fact, I think you got the information from me first about this article where two stores had been raided, <laughs> raided by the police, and they confiscated their CBD because some idiot, uh, I, presumably in some bureaucracy in North Dakota, said, oh, this stuff isn't legal, so we should get it. Uh, what happened there? They looked closely at it and said that they were wrong. They couldn't make a case because hemp is already exempt from the Controlled Substance Act definition of marijuana, and the products that we're selling at 5% CBD or less by volume, 
They're not the same as the drugs. The drug is 99% CBD. We're selling hemp extract where CBD is a naturally occurring constituent. So it's very, very difficult for these people that want to try to shut it down using the current legal structure. So that's why there's so many machinations like the DEA waking up December 14th, 2016 and saying all extracts from the genus cannabis are now scheduled one. The DEA doesn't make law, they enforce law. What we're seeing in front of our eyes is an overreach from pharma to try to control the first domesticated plant. They're trying and they're failing. In fact, Kramer, the other day on his lightning round, when asked about the big pharmaceutical company making CBD, he said, run for the hills. Here's what he said. You can get the same stuff for a lot less everywhere else. Why would you buy that? I mean, it's a great... I want to see that. This is health freedom at its best. So North Dakota, even in Texas six months ago, Department of Health came into People's Pharmacy. They took the product off the shelf. They tested it. They brought it back. They said, we're sorry for disrupting your day. And sales went cuckoo nuts. They're yeah. trying to make the case that this stuff is an illegal street drug. They're lying. It is not. This is the safest, most effective natural extract we've ever had. They're never, ever, ever going to be able to get it from us now. And to clarify for people who have not heard us speak about this before, or maybe haven't read anything about it, CBD, you keep saying hemp, and then you reference THC. Let's spend just one minute telling people what CBD actually is, where it comes from, and how it relates to marijuana. Yeah, see, what we've done is the same exact hemp plant that we've used for centuries to make, you know, rope or hemp seeds or hemp seed oil, the same stuff you've used for the last 20 years, whether it's Manitoba Harvest or Nutiva, our company took the whole hemp plant, the seed, the stem, the stalk. They grow about 20 feet tall. It's pretty amazing. And we just CO2 extracted the whole thing. So our plants that happen to be called cannabis sativa actually have low to no THC from the beginning. We don't remove anything. It's the DNA of the plant makes it different than the drug varieties. So CBD, the challenge here technically, Jared, is you can get CBD from a marijuana plant and THC, and from a hemp plant, which is an agricultural crop, you can get CBD and low to no THC. So that's been the biggest issue for regulators, is getting over the reefer madness. The stuff we grow, (laughs) plus CBD oil, is made out of the same hemp used to make rope. Right. Only a dope would smoke rope. So right now, when you talked about the law, in Kentucky, where the very first seed in the ground belonged to our company, when the farm bill was signed and the hemp pilot program started in America, the first seed belonged to our company, CV Sciences. I was on our hemp roundtable call just yesterday at 11 o'clock. There is a bill that will be introduced within the next week, Jared, that's going to eject the Drug Enforcement Agency from the farms in Kentucky. Because everybody in Kentucky that's growing hemp, and there's thousands of farmers now, they're not making any T-shirts, Jared. They're all growing hemp to make CBD. So hemp, we call that decaf. Think about it like (laughs) decaffeinated coffee. Where marijuana, we call that regular. They're different products with different markets, and that's what we need to get across. Excellent. Uh, I, I like how you made the analogy there. Okay, so then now the next thing I want to discuss is with CBD, 
uh, and the use of, of this. You know, I started the whole thing with my rant about opioid addiction. And I think it's important, and, and you, you did touch on this to, to some degree, but I want to make sure it's clear to people because Vitality Radio is about providing information on alternative options to avoid drugs, to avoid surgery, to avoid the things that you know mess with our lives so much and create so much discontent in our bodies to the point where now opioids are the number one leading cause of death among people under 50 in this country. So what is the difference? If somebody's saying, okay, I, I have been using or I need to use opiates for pain, um, how would that person explore CBD? And is it safe to explore CBD under those circumstances? Yes, and you take the CBD on top of any medication you're taking and talk to your doctor always, ask her, about titrating down on the pharmaceutical stuff. We're not allowed to touch that side. But remember, Jared, all the CBD research that's currently being done, they're giving CBD on top of all the pharmaceutical drugs. You see, you cannot deprive standard of care. So if you're looking for an alternative to pain management, the endocannabinoid system, which is our body's cannabis-like system, actually overlaps with what we call the opioid system. We have something called the mu-opioid receptor. Now, there are other receptors that are involved in the perception of pain and actual pain signaling. All of these receptor targets, CBD works directly on and also indirectly. Here's what I mean. If your body makes opioids, but you don't feel them and they don't work as well because you're constantly taking Vicodin, CBD changes the shape of the opioid receptor, allowing the signaling of the body's painkiller and the pharmaceutical painkiller to work more effectively, thus being able to use far less of the drug and still getting the anti-nociception pain-modulating effect. So if you've been out there struggling with pain, depression, or anxiety, go to the store immediately get a 15 milligram soft gel, gold soft gel, 15 milligram gold plus CBD. Bite into the capsule, let it sit under your tongue for 15 minutes. In the whole time I've done this, 30 years in the industry, Jared, I've never seen anything work faster and more effective for pain, anxiety, and depression that you can buy in a health food store than plus CBD oil gold. Have you? No, I haven't. It, it really is. It's amazing. It almost, it, it's, how do I say this without sound, <laughs> sounding bad? It's almost drug-like, but it's not a drug, and that's the beauty of it. It's, it's a natural thing. You know, I, I, I was very sarcastic at the very end of my rant earlier, if you've been with us the whole show, as I was saying, you know, why would we want something that's effective, that's safe, that's natural, that's non-addictive. Why would we want that when we have opiates and benzos? Because they're the opposite of all those things, and and they're amazing, right? They work great until you die. And the thing about it is, I yes, you, you could taste the sarcasm, I'm sure, through the radio, but that is the insanity of this whole thing, is that we do have something that works this well, and yet... There are still people in our government 
that are being influenced very heavily, trust me, on this by Big Pharma to try and illegalize the stuff because it's too safe and it's too effective and it's too affordable and it is non-addictive and that stinks for them. When you say it's too effective, it also has two whammies, the double whammy, reefer madness whammy and pharma whammy. Yes. Trying to convince everybody that this stuff didn't have any medical benefit, where all you have to do is look up, everyone do it, look up Eli Lilly Cannabis 1906. You'd walk into a pharmacy and said, these drugs you're giving me are killing me, they'd give you the hemp extract. Why? Your body's hardwired with cannabis receptors. It's a 600 million year old signaling system called the ECS. That's the target. The CB2 receptor, that dampens a hyperactive cytokine storm. So instead of taking aspirin, that's too far downstream. You know we love omega-3. That's what your body uses to make anti-inflammatory hormone-like compounds. What if you went all the way upstream to the CB2 receptor, the, the genesis of the cytokine storm, and you were able to dampen that? What CBD is doing, it's a master adaptogenic tonic. It balances the system that balances you. If you don't feel right, get some CBD. If it doesn't work for you, That means your endocannabinoid system is not part of the problem. Now, here's the rub. Jared, there's no way to know until you try it. Right. So we don't want to have to, we're not trying to sell anybody anything. Don't you sell a a 10-pack CBD gold for $20 retail? Isn't it like $2 a pill? Yep. Okay, so we're telling you a $20 challenge. If you haven't slept right, if you don't feel right, if you're angry, if you're anxious, if you're afraid, if you want to get off drugs, if you're having a hard time, a $20 bill, one capsule, lasts for 10 to 15 hours. You have an entire day of relief for $2. Everyone needs to experience that. $2 all day relief. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, And, you know, that 15 milligram capsule, you know, that's what everybody's raving about right now. People absolutely are loving it. It's working very well. I want to ask you really quick, because you are such a a smart guy, and I'm not just buttering you up because you're on the radio, but I really do think you're a smart guy. Uh, (laughs) And so so I want to ask you, if you've got somebody who is, because you you mentioned omega-3s. Let's say we have somebody in chronic pain, and they really want to reduce their need for these pharmaceuticals pharmaceuticals and they're using cbd and it's it's working it's helping um what else do you recommend that people use on top of cbd to make sure that they're covering all their bases well the omega-3 thing is so critical because highly unsaturated fatty acids are the substrate for endocannabinoids which means if you're 80 percent omega-6 and 20 percent omega-3 you're going to be producing endocannabinoids but you're also going to be dominant pro-inflammatory icosanoids So you need to nix the six and eat the three. I would say CBD and omega-3, those would be critical. I really like black seed, the nigella sativa. I think that stuff is really remarkable as well. But if there was one thing I would pair it with, I would make sure that you get your omega-3 levels at least 50% so that you're at least balanced with omega-6. And you might need to do an omega-3 blood spot test. But those two things combined are non-negotiable. I like some of the other botanical anti-inflammatories as well, but just make sure that you're using a company or, and a brand that is uh, you know, well-respected because there's a lot of cheap 
turmeric out there. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've seen that, Jerry. Yes. A lot of garbage is hitting the market. Yeah, for sure. Okay, excellent. Well, unfortunately, as always, we're running out of time before I'm done asking questions. But uh, the information, I think, has been very powerful today. The new science that you've shared is awesome. Let's just keep fighting this fight and getting the message out to everybody that we possibly can that there are alternatives that do not kill us. And uh, CBD is uh, possibly the greatest of them all. So just so excited to share this with you. If you have questions, please call us at Vitality, 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. We are there ready to take your calls uh, in about two minutes when we open up. And Stuart, my friend... As always, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us, and uh, you know I'm going to have you on again. Oh, my pleasure. So great to hear your voice, Jared, and thank you for all the hard work you're doing. Congratulations on 40 years. Yes, sir. Okay, thank you. We'll see you later. All right, so we have less than a minute left. I think it's been a powerful show. I hope you agree. A lot of good information here, and uh, I would imagine we've piqued your interest a bit. Um, Thank you so much for listening to me. I I absolutely love it. And every week, many of you come in and introduce yourselves and say, hey, I love the show. Uh, I like the rants. I really liked what you said about it. You know, whatever it is. And it it just makes my day. So thank you so much for giving me even a minute of your time on Saturday mornings. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.